This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for the Intentionality Gurus with Candace Pollock. And today's subject is time evaporation. And I, even before I read uh, the blurb that you wrote about it, Candace, it was like, yep, I know what this really is about because we all, you know, go back to that old saying, I don't have enough hours in a day to accomplish things. Um, and I started thinking about the things that I wanted to accomplish today. And I realized that I don't have to accomplish them all today. And so maybe I do have more time than I really thought. Yeah, it's such an interesting idea that we think that all of the things we have to, you know, in, in air quotes, uh, accomplish, one, may not be things we have to accomplish at all. I mean, a lot of them on that list. And two, our eyes are bigger than our stomach time-wise in terms of, oh, I can do all of these things in this day. And if I don't, my day totally sucks. You know, the, everything about it is wrong. And then three, if you're caught up in the minutia of getting stuff done, um, you can just feel like an empty stomach um, at the end of the day because um, you're not seeing any real impact from it. So it's, right. it's a very human phenomenon. Well, I think I have enough hours in today. So we'll see how that goes. Well, we all just have back. 24 hours a day, whereas Laura <laughs> Vanderkam talks about, you know, 168 hours a week. We're, we're all allotted just that amount. No one gets more. Okay. Right. So, you know, it's finite. We Some things we know about it, it's finite. So it's that 168 a week. And I just, just that having that framework, like, oh yeah, okay. So now um, when we end up at the end of the day or a week and feeling disjointed about it, saying, you know, I don't really have much to show for it or all the things that I thought I was going to get done, I didn't get done and, and so on. It tends to be because we are, um, stuffing a lot of what we call shallow work into those days. And we've talked about shallow work. It's, it's kind of the, the, the routine kinds of administrative tasks that we need to get done. Remember to order paper, remember to you know make a doctor's appointment for somebody um, and so on, but they're not necessarily um, done in a way that creates a bigger impact or, or something that we can harness so that allow time and protect time for the, the deeper, more fulfilling things. Right. Does that ever show up for you? Um, it shows up quite a bit. Um, and I sort of blogged about it a little bit last week that, you know, as a female, as a mother, as a wife, you know, I've always like taken on other tasks, you know, like you said, making an appointment for somebody else. Um, and I find that there are days that I have this list of things I have to do, but you know what? It's not for me and I don't find them important enough to, you know, let them take up my space. And then other days I have that list and I'm trying to get all that done so I can be superwoman and do that plus the other things that I want to do. Um, but when I look at it over those 168 hours in the week, typically I have 
I can accomplish everything that I have on my plate. Well, At least for now. It looks that way, right? Yeah. 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 So I remember when we were kids, we used to love, we would, we lived in Texas at the time, but we'd travel back to New York where I consider my original home to be where I was born and raised for the biggest chunk of time. And the long and short of it is we would um, take our, a car trip from Houston back to New York every summer, and then from New York back to Houston. So we moved back to New York. And we would, it would be a leisurely drive. So it would take a week for us to get there and we would go to historical sites and so on. And we would always go to Howard Johnson's. Remember Howard Johnson's? Oh, I sure do. Yep. And they had clam rolls. And so the clam rolls, which was the smaller portion, and then there was the clam platter. And we would all beg to have the platter. And our parents would say, you can order a second clam roll if you're still hungry after the first one. I mean, they knew our eyes were bigger than our stomachs. And um, so one time they relented and they let us each get a clam platter. And, you know, we were kids like eight, nine, whatever. And um, unbeknownst to us, they also made it a little worse because they had a clam platter that they could eat. And when we weren't looking, they were adding clams to our plates. And so <laughs> we were getting sick of clams. <laughs> right. So after we never begged for the platter again. So do you get the, the moral of the story? Yep. Yep. You know, we're, 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 we're just trying to do too much. And so the question becomes, what's the right amount? What, what would that be for you? You know, each day is different. Um, so, you know, I, I have no idea. Like, I'll give you an example. Yesterday was a slow business day for me on purpose. Cause I thought I had to, uh, help somebody out with something. And then that faded. And it was like I had from noon until five o'clock open. Um, and my husband looked at me and goes, oh, we can do something together. And he wasn't ready to do whatever that something was and he didn't identify it. So I came into the office and I started finding work in doing it. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I get this done now, I won't have to do it tomorrow or the next day or next week. But the reality of it is I can always find something for business to do. So it's not like I'm um, opening up another section of my day tomorrow or next week. Yeah, so it's kind of like water seeping into a, a lower level that um, if you have a leak you know, or a pond nearby or, you know, I can't think of what it would be. Sometimes these things come out of my mouth. I have no idea where I'm going with these analogies. But um, the point is that stuff will, can always seep in. So it begs the question. And, and a lot of what we're talking about relies on Cal Newport's deep work, um, that book. Uh, Laura Vanderkam, the person um talked about before with the, who wrote the 168 hours, but she also wrote Tranquility by Tuesday, which is really great. And the idea is that, um, you know, to be really mindful about our time. And then Demir and Carrie Bentley's book, Winning the Week. And then, you know, Covey wrote about the rocks and the pebbles and so on. So right. we know that time is finite. We each get a lot in 168 hours a week. 
and we tend to fill it with what we call shallow tasks. And the other thing is, um, if I utter the phrase time tracking, what occurs to you? Um, for me, that's uh, putting everything down on my calendar um, in advance and then going back and adding things that I did that weren't on my calendar. And if I were to ask you in terms of your gut sense about whether you would do it or want to do it, what, what is your sense? Zero being, uh, no, I'm not going to do it, to 10, like, okay, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Um, I don't like, no, it's be zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, just straight check at me now. Right, right. yeah. But I have to admit that um, I did follow uh, Demir and Carrie Bentley's um, suggestion to, and and Vanderkam talks about it as well, to just loosely pay attention. So I call it a post-mortem. So I, I couldn't track my time in the day. It just took too much darn time. I don't have time for tracking time and just don't like the whole concept. But um, I just kind of loosely sketched out basically whether I was working on something that was impactful or not you know, with, whether I was with a client, whether I was, um, you know, paying bills, um, I don't know, um, self-care in the morning, brushing teeth, you know, getting dressed and all that stuff. And just noticing where it tended to go. So I'm just calling this be intentional, just noticing. Remember, I mean, that's right. what we talk about yep. all the time, okay? So now on that scale from zero to 10, where, and it could still be zero, I'm just saying, does it change at all? Um, if I'm more intentional about it, yeah, I, it probably creeps up to maybe a five. Yeah. Um, and so what can you do with that that energy level? And what I uh, was able to discern from doing this exercise was that I had a lot of what I called deep work time, you know, for client matters. To, right into their pithy, you know, fact patterns and that kind of a thing um, and other um, activity. But I was pretty flabby about it because one, I wasn't protecting it. I often would allow it to be hijacked so that when it came time, I was up against the deadline. I, you know, I had to get it done and I didn't feel happy with, you know, the quality of the work. And two, um, I had, I mean, I can't begin to tell you the amount of shallow work I mean just that garbage stuff and then at the end of the day I often was just exhausted mentally it just had no bandwidth and I would basically um drift into uh sleep watching say the news or checking social media so does any of that resonate oh uh a hundred percent uh you know it's it's interesting because I go back to the days of using a day timer where I actually had to make sure I didn't lose it, find it, write in it. Um, and I wrote everything in there. And one day I realized that it was just, I was spending probably hours per week just documenting everything. And one day I woke up and I said, who am I documenting this for? You know, I I don't have to put all this in there. Uh, but recently I started doing that um, with my calendar. 
my online calendar. And I was keeping like a log in addition to it where I would put all my notes into it. And then I realized I'm not going back and even looking at this. So there's no need for me to spend that time. But I was doing that because there were other things I didn't want to do. I think, oh, I love that observation. I, I call those self-soothing moments. So when we were moving our office um, just before COVID or during you know, the beginning of COVID, we, even though we had been scanning lots and lots of things, I had 15 years of being in that space of just accumulated stuff that it, you know, I was kind of blind to and we didn't have space for it in the new place. Um, and so we were scanning our little um, brains out um, trying to get rid of it before we had to do the full uh, physical move. And I found myself often at the industrial scanner, the big scanner, not the, the small personal scanner, right. so much easier. And I realized, what, what am I doing here? This is like not good use of my time, but I was almost compelled to be at that machine. And then I realized, oh, I, it's when my anxiety is creeping up on me. And it's kind of like self-soothing. So I had this image of me kind of patting my arm saying, okay, like, calm down, calm down. Because I, we would listen to podcasts while we were doing this mindless um, activity. But I think it was an important observation because, you know, we, we can notice that when those things occur and um, then do some other things that are more uh, beneficial. So there's a statistic out there that approximately 95% of what we do is from a routine. So what occurs to you when I say that? 95% of what we do is what now? A routine, from routine oh, we have. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's very true, although I'm constantly trying to break my routines because I'll think, oh, if I just did it this way, it would be better. So I, I get in these cycles of, okay, I don't want to do it this way anymore. And I'm reinventing the wheel. And that is, it drives me crazy that I do that. <laughs> but I do it anyways. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, so the idea is another place to be intentional and just notice, number one, what are those routines? And, you know, I knew I had some, you know, just from all of this self-help stuff that, you know, I've been on this journey for a long time, just trying to um, improve my life. And the idea is I would tend to wake up early, whether I want to or not, whether I set an alarm or not. And then I um, have some creatures in the household and actually some outside that I feed and um, they get to be demanding if I um, feed them before a certain hour and after a certain hour. So I've been trained by them that I feed them at six in the morning and feed them at six at night. It tends to keep everything chill inside and outside. Sure. And um, so the long and short of it is if I wake up early, I was theoretically doing deep work from that point until it was time to do the chores, so to speak. And I, but I wasn't really leveraging it. My energy wasn't matching what I could do, you know, mentally during that. Right. Time so on. And just noticing that, you know, going through the week and just loosely doing that postmortem. Okay. I have this hour, hour and a half of time. Um, 
that I'm not very productive with. And I'm not saying I have to be a driven demon sure. being productive, but it, it did show me that I could do something else with that time. And this is going to make it sound like I'm driven and I'm not, but I have a rowing machine um, in the basement and, you know, I, my back does act up from time to time and I had been off of it for a long time following the last flare up and I wanted to get back to it. And so then I realized that's what I could do. I could sneak down to the basement because I don't want to disturb the creatures and activate them. Um, but I could go down and get that done. I also have a tape that I listen to for um, mindfulness um, activity. And I combine the two. And I have to say, it's been kind of life-changing in a way. I'm starting the morning energized because I'm getting my body moving. Um, my brain has been in gear, at least having it rather than, you know, doing this um, flabby stuff um, online when I was actually being tempted to catch up on the news from the night before because I had slept through that part, you know, all this junky stuff. So what occurs to you when I say that? Well, say that I'm know, driven. yeah, so, you know, I used to, and it probably goes back quite a while, um, because I too am not a good sleeper. And so typically, you know, I'm getting up an hour to two hours before my alarm goes off. I try to stay in bed, but typically I get out. And what I used to do is get up every morning and um, write my blog. And that was my routine probably for a good two years or so. Um, but when the pandemic happened, um, and having both my husband and son, you know, not getting up in the morning because, you know, either they were working from home or they weren't working at all. Um, I just thought that I was disturbing them, which I really wasn't. So I got myself out of that routine. Um, and yet that did spark my energy. Now what I do when I wake up early in the morning and I really can't sleep, uh, I end up going down into my living room and watching mindless TV. But I'm accepting of that now because it's like, you know what? You, you really are still tired and you have this hour to two hours of just doing mindless activity. Yeah. And it's, it's working for me right now. Exactly. And so the point is not that you have to have everything filled with meaningful stuff. The point is you can intentionally structure your day so that if it gives you an opportunity to kind of ramp up for the day, you know, you're not quite asleep or you're not asleep and you're not quite awake and ready to take on things. It can be whatever you decide it is. But the point is just be more intentional about is this serving me or not? And if you think about the spectrum from zero um, you know, love for it or um, feeling energized to feeling more energized, the idea would be in time, you'll discover the things that tend to energize you right. that you want to do. And then there's some irony there that those things will tend to be the, the stuff that helps us achieve more of what supports us. So it's going to be this self-fulfilling spiraling up. Um, to, to things so that we're not spending time on the stuff that actually drains us. Hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. It's noticing. That's all. It doesn't require any effort. doesn't require any change. You could notice and say, oh, this, this is perfectly fine. 
we're fine for now. And, um, you know, coupling it with the BJ Fog system recipe for habits on the stuff that does energize you, you can say, keep it really tiny, whatever the thing, you know, getting on the rowing machine in the beginning when I was trying to get back on it after my back had stabilized. Um, the idea was I'm, I'm not going to spend a big chunk of time on it. I'm just going to do like one row, all right? Like how tiny can you get? Just going down to the basement and sitting right. thing would have been sufficient. But, um, and then just doing it made me feel better. And then you, you couple it with celebrating. So I just would pat my shoulder and say, good, good job, Candy. Um, and so in time that, that grew, especially when I coupled it with the other, um, the, listening to an audio, a guided imagery. So um, looking forward in terms of um, how you might notice, you're noticed, uh, you might keep a journal, you don't necessarily have to. I do find it it's beneficial when you have a journal in the beginning. It'd be nothing more than a little sketch out of um, roughly those things you can remember where you spent the time and what, what your energy level was. Um, how might that work for you or not? Um, so I don't call it journaling. I call it blogging on my end um, because I'm I'm sharing it and hoping that when I'm putting it down on paper for others to read, um, maybe they sort of understand what my day looks like or what my day looked like. Um, and I guess the reason I really do this is that... Uh, and this is such a stupid reason in my in my mind. Um, being in a relationship with my husband who either he's working very, very hard or he's not working at all. Um, when I work hard and then I find that I'm not working at all, typically I find other things to do that need to get accomplished. And he, he does it. And for... So we're married 39 years. So I would say for the first 35 years, it really upset me when he was doing nothing. And it was just about that time that I woke up and said, he's not telling you to fill up, you know, your empty spots is something you want to do. And so now I just, I don't look at what other people want, but for me and him, he, he'll often say, well, I don't understand why you were so busy yesterday. And if I have some sort of documentation, like I made, you know, five different doctor appointments and I took the car over to get serviced and things like that, I don't even have to, you know, say it out loud. He knows where to go find the information. And it, it helps our relationship. And and when that relationship is helped, what what's, um, what's byproduct of that just besides the helping? So again, because he likes his downtime for, so he, he likes his downtime and he'll dream about, hey, we should go to the art museum. Oh, we should go for a walk. We should, and it's all, we shoulds, but he never takes the initiative to do it. Um, so my feeling is that's okay if that works for you. 
but that doesn't work for me. And now at the end of the day or tomorrow, you say, you know, I didn't spend any time with you, Karen, because you were so busy. Okay. Go find out what I was doing. And when he does that, it's like, oh, you know, like, could you have asked me to help? And that brings up another, you know, thought in my mind that if I was mindful of everything I was really doing, yes, I probably could have asked for help, which maybe would have given us that time together that he felt that we missed. Well, one of the things that Demir and Carrie Bentley talk about in Winning the Week is finding things that we do routinely and they call it leverage time and figure out whether it can be automated, eliminated entirely. Does it actually need to be done? Um, consolidated into chunks of time. So you're, you're banging out a bunch of little things in a chunk of time and then um, automating it, All right? So are there things that you do, you know, just noticing in the routine, you can keep a little sticky note on it and so on. Are there things that can be automated so that it eliminates, it either makes everything downstream time-wise easier or eliminates the need to do it at all? So, you know, um, there were a couple of things that, um, emails, like stock emails that need to go out to clients or to other people. And I don't have to start each one from scratch. I can have a template where I fill in the pertinent details and maybe somebody else sends it out, you know, puts in the specific details um, and so on. And then that frees up some time. It sounds like micromanaging, but in aggregate, it's going to be eliminating a lot of little time so that in aggregate, that's gonna be a big chunk of time. And then maybe there is time to go to the museum and so on. You, you'll have to appreciate like when those suggestions pop up. But um, I just love that concept of, all right, I don't, these repetitive things don't have to always be done from scratch. And, and I do some of that. Um, I don't do enough of it. And I, every time, um, so like when I'm inviting guests from um, this group that I belong to, to be on one of our podcasts, um, I have to send them a message with, I mean, the same information for any guest. Um, and so in the beginning, I was writing it in from scratch each time um, and finding that my grammar was getting bad and my whatever, but it was taking up too much time. And so I finally have that stock message that um, I just, you know, cut and paste and it goes off. So I've done it in some areas, but there are other areas that um, I just haven't taken the time and it'd probably be easier to take the time once to get it set up than to do things repetitively, taking up more time. Well, I have to say, you know, I'm the, the, you know, person who always says, you know, like slapping my forehead, like, duh, <laughs> I didn't, why didn't this occur to me sooner with all of this stuff? But I had a couple of those epiphanies, like, oh, I put so much time in drafting this um, one email with these things for uh, do-it-yourself documents clients can do. 
explaining, you know, all the nuances and so on. And then finally, one day I thought, wait a minute, this could be a template. I don't have to spend 45 minutes doing each email explaining, making sure I didn't leave this detail out and, and so on. And yes, some of them have to be customized to a particular client, but that the itty bitty time for that customization doesn't have to be that 45 minutes. Right, you know, exactly. 90% like of it is, is automated. I know it's to standard. And then actually my assistant can do the rest of it. And it makes it easier for her because she's only doing an itty bitty part. And, you know, in aggregate, right. in, a, in a month's time, but that can add up easily to three or four hours. All right. And then over the course of a year. So in Vandercam's book, The Tranquility by Tuesday, she gives these uh, rules, um, basically approaches on um, doing these things. But what I wanted to convey today is it doesn't have to be more work. You know, in the beginning, when we start to shave off some of these things, it's actually going to give us more of what we want, which in my theory is more meaningful time, more time that's more impactful, either personally for personal fulfillment um, and or, you know, for business objectives and, um, you know, family objectives and so on. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. I have to start automating a few more things around here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Love it. Well, we'll do this again in two weeks. In the meantime, um, it's almost spring. So uh, let's think um, warm weather and daffodils. And birds singing. All the, the spring songs just make my heart lift every morning now. Oh, I love that. All right. I, I'll have to listen for the birds. I normally don't here yeah, they, I mean, even though it was leading yesterday when I left the house um, to go to the office, um, the birds were in full um, song and it just, you know, puts a smile in my heart. Well, I'm going to have to get outside and uh, listen because for some reason it's not coming through my windows. So <laughs> we'll check it out. Have a great day. Bye-bye okay. now.